Hello and welcome to the I Want to Be podcast. In this episode, we're talking to Michelle, a principal civil engineer for the County of Los Angeles, who is not only a talented engineer, but also a talented athlete. Let's jump in. Welcome, Michelle, to the podcast. We're super excited to be interviewing you today. Well, thank you very much for having me. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) Awesome. All right. So let's jump right into our first question. Um, Tell us a little bit more about your career so far. I've uh, um, started my career or um, got my undergraduate degree from USC um, in uh, civil emphasis environmental engineering. That's what I ended up with. And uh, um, I've also uh, got a master's degree in civil uh, environmental leadership. Uh, Both of them are civil engineering degrees. Right now, um, I am working um, in the public sector. Uh, I am an engineer for the County of Los Angeles. Uh, And um, my career so far has actually been a lot of fun. Um, There are so many amazing things I get to work with and do um, being a civil engineer. Um, You get to work on massive uh, construction projects. You get to work on massive retrofit projects, um, rebuilding things, working on just a little daily things that happen for um, traffic or for um, storms. It's just been um, uh, an amazing roller coaster right now. (laughs) Uh, But like I said, I I first started off my career as getting my degrees. Um, And um, in between the undergraduate and the graduate degree, I actually worked. or the city of LA, Los Angeles, not the county, but the city, um, doing water stuff. Uh, water, I was a civil engineer um, for them and uh, worked on the, uh, um, um, along um, most of their open water reservoirs, uh, drinking water reservoirs, a lot of drinking water stuff uh, up in the um, Mojave area, as well as down here in the basin of LA County. Um, and currently, like I said, I work for the county of Los Angeles. And I do um, um, uh, principal engineering work for the um, My team actually is uh, um, handles a lot of the uh, traffic um, uh, um, operations for Los Angeles County. So as a civil engineer, you can, uh, you can run the gamut on what you want to do. You can do water, you can do soil, you can do air, you can do traffic. <laughs> so, but that's, that's really where my career is right now. And I, I do a lot of... Uh, um, <clears throat> specialty work, um, uh, per se, um, you know, but we are, as civil engineers, we are like kind of the uh, jack of all trades. Uh, you've got a strong core base that you work with. And um, using that base, you can go off in multiple different directions. That's the one thing I love about civil engineering is I can do pretty much anything. <laughs> it's, uh, uh, it gives you a lot of ability to keep changing what you do. You can specialize if you want to, or you can be very general and just handle a a number of different avenues. And like I said, when you have that strong core base of education, it it affords you that knowledge and you you can you can express yourself. You can constantly learn and, 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 and get into the newest things that are out there. And that's the one thing about working um, as an engineer. You're always learning. There's always the brand new thing that people are coming up with. We can always make something better. You know, that's always been the joke for an engineer. An engineer will look at uh, something, see if it's broken. But even if it's not broken, they'll make it better. <laughs> so that's what we do. I love that. That is so amazing. Um, I love what you said about pretty much always 
having opportunities to learn and finding ways to making make things better. So that's really cool. Yeah, it's, um, it's interesting. You know, um, there are so many programs out there, um, especially nowadays. And they, you know, with all the information that you can get, all the classes that you can take online, you're never stagnant. And um, innovation. I mean, there's so many new engineers out there. You know, back in the day, they used to always think, ah, "Man, engineers are so." Well, they're you know nerds with pocket protectors and a whole bit and they're kind of like you know not very nice um but that's not the case it's evolved so much and there's so many new um engineers out there and older engineers out there that are just stretching and reaching um and and, and bet making betterments for everybody and um that's why i say this is constantly changing the world is constantly changing and the engineers have to adapt to that and um you know make sure that everybody um, has what they need for the future to thrive. That's all. <laughs> Definitely. And it sounds like you're very well equipped for adapting to some of those changes. Um, okay. So taking a step back mm -hmm. for a minute, no problem. what did you want to be when you were a kid? And as a second half to that question, are you proud of the person that you've become? Okay. Let me answer the first one. <laughs> when I was a kid, what I wanted to be was an astronaut. Oh. Um, I, I grew up in New York, and I remember watching um, the Challenger when it took off. And that was back then before you had any time delay on the, the, uh, on the uh, TV and stuff like that. But my teacher had rolled the TV into the classroom, and here's, you know, eight, nine-year-olds, I think we were at the time, all excited because we're going to watch the Challenger go up, um, you know, to space. And I remember watching when it um, it uh, had the tragic episode and it, and it, and it exploded. Um, but I was so psyched to be an astronaut. And even after it exploded, I still wanted to be the astronaut. I was, you know, my actually my elementary school um, in New York, PS 147, was renamed after um, Ronald McNair, one of the um, astronauts on the Challenger. Um, but that type of um, career path was the only thing I talked about all the way into my teens um, and until I got into college. I was like, I want to be an astronaut. So when I applied for colleges after high school, I applied to Emory-Riddle Aeronautical School, which is in Florida, which is for all the astronauts. That's the really the main thing to get started. And I got in and it's a very, you know, hard to get in there, but I got in. Um, and I also applied to another other schools, including USC um, as uh, aerospace. Um, I wasn't sure what type of um, degree I needed to be an astronaut, but I knew how to be aerospace. So I was doing aeronautical science, aerospace engineering, I was doing it all. And um, I got into Emory-Riddle and that was the only place I wanted to be. However, um, I did not get any financial aid. And so that was a stopping point for me because I couldn't afford it uh, to go to that school. And USC said, hey, um, there's not very many female engineers at the time, especially in aerospace. And they said, we'll let you come here. Um, and they gave me financial aid um, so that I can go to college. And so uh, I remember talking to my dad. I said, I'm not going to college. Dad, I'm not going to Emerito. I'm not going to college. My dad put his foot down and said, you're going to college. You're going to USC. <laughs> it was a perfect thing because uh, I needed somebody to kick me in the butt and say, hey, think broader. You know, something closed over here, but it's not fully closed. Keep going. Um, and so I went to USC and I found out that I didn't want to design the plane. I had no desire to design the plane. I had no desire to fly the plane and fly the, fly the, um, fly the shuttle. 
So I started looking around when I was in college and saying, okay, I'm, math has never been an issue for me. Math, science, physics, chemistry, all those things are very interesting to me, and I didn't have trouble with them. Um, so I say, figured, well, engineering is pretty cool because, you know, they're designing stuff. And then my major professor asked me to take a civil course, actually an environmental course. Um, and I took it, took a senior level course as a sophomore. I loved it. I aced it. I thought, this is the greatest thing ever. I can design a water treatment plant. And so I went to the city. <laughs> but I was really excited about the water end of civil engineering and an environmental end of civil engineering. And actually, I switched majors my junior year. And oh, wow. fortunately, it made me stay in school for an extra half a year because, uh, you know, when you switch majors, the lift and drag on an airplane wing doesn't do anything for you when you're a civil environmental engineer. So I had to retake some courses or additional courses, I should say, not retake some courses, but additional courses in order to finish my degree. And I finished my degree as a civil engineer with an emphasis in environmental engineering, which was the degree that they had at USC. At the time, they didn't have a straight environmental engineering. So I took all the civil courses and um, um, water courses to specialize in the environmental. Um, and so it's like I said, you, you never know where you're going to be or what's going to happen. And even if you have your mind made up, you know, things happen that you don't know what's out there. I knew that when I was younger, I didn't know all of the careers that are out there. You know, I was limited in what I could think of. I knew that there was aerospace and I thought that was really cool and that's what I wanted to do. But I didn't know about the civil engineering side of things. I didn't know about the environmental engineering end of things or the water or the soil. You know, you, you grow as you go along and you adapt. And, you know, doors open. And that's what opened for me was that door. And I thought, well, this is great. Um, and so I started working. Um, actually, what, what, how I got my first job was a, a um, alumni for USC was working for Water and Power, City of LA. And he needed a little student engineer to help him with his research on drinking water reservoirs and algae and bacteria um, and their correlation. And I thought, Oh, this is fun. Okay. And so um, they chose me and I went to work for them. And when I graduated, I continued to work for them. Um, and that started my career um, as an engineer uh, with the city, um, getting a ton of experience in the field. I love working in the field. It is so much fun. <laughs> but I work experience working in the field. And, um, you know, you said, how did you start the, um, your career? That, what I wanted to do was be an astronaut, and then I wound up being a civil engineer on the water side. Um, and then, yeah, am I proud of what I've become? Yes, because I'm evolving. You know, as a little, little me, you know, maybe a five-year-old, you don't know what you want to be, but you know you want to be something. And then as you learn more and more about the world and about the different things that you can do, then you start to evolve and say, okay, I'm going to go down this path. And maybe that path doesn't work for you. You're going to veer off to the left or the right and continue down another path. I hike a lot. I love hiking too. And, you know, that's exactly one thing I love doing is going off trail and figuring it out. You know, take a map with you just so you have guidance <laughs> and then go. That's incredible that you were following one course and in a way it led you down another and that you were open enough to say, yeah, you know what, this is something that I want to do instead. And um, clearly it served you very well. So that's pretty amazing. Especially because, you know, back then uh, when I was in my undergrad degree, 
the aerospace engineering industry was actually having a hard time. So I, when I would have graduated with that degree, aerospace engineering, I would have had a hard time finding uh, viable work, um, especially in California. Um, so it was like, you know, an eye opener to say, okay, there's so many other things out there, especially now with the newer field, environmental engineering was a relatively new field. Civil had been around for a long time, but then they started branching out. So it is civil environmental, um, and like I said, it's my undergrad, but it is um, civil engineering. Being a civil engineer, you can do so many different things. You have the ability to do air, um, air engineering, air quality engineering. You have the ability to work on soils, geotechnical engineering. You have the ability to work on water, water resources engineering. You have the ability to do a whole bunch of different things, or even just general civil. And uh, like I said, civils are the jack of all trades. They can do a lot of different things. You can do structural. You can do a lot of different things. Yeah, that's incredible. I I love the variety of career paths that you're able to have. There's mm-hmm. no one direction that you have to take. It really sounds like a, a field of study in which you can go a million different ways and really make it what you want and also find something that you're really passionate about within that field. Oh, so. Exactly. That's exactly it. You, you um you have that, um, like I said, core base that you, you learn from, and then you can whichever way you want. If you want to go for additional training, which is what I did, um, and get your master's degree, you know, you can do that. You can specialize if you want to. Uh, depending upon what you want to do, you know, you have that option. And that's what that's all about, you know, getting into, um, you know, um, some of the, the things that I've done. You know, my... Um, my undergrad degree just basically gave me options of what I what I could do with my my life, and um, I, like I said, I I love learning. I'm constantly learning. I do a bunch of different things. Um, you know, especially now that we've um, been in lockdown for so long. You know, I'm online doing classes because eh, I want to learn. I'd rather not look yeah. at the TV 24/7 on a weekend. You know, trying to uh, socially distance. Um, but I'm, I'm learning stuff. And, um, you know, if you have an open mind, there's so much stuff out there to learn um, and to keep keep yourself um, sharp. You know. Um, when I went to school, uh, I remember getting my first computer. Nowadays, everyone, you know, by the time you're like one, <laughs> you have a computer. Yeah. But back then, I didn't get a computer till I was ooh, probably a teenager, a preteen or a teenager. Um, and my first computer was a Commodore 64. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, the world's changed a lot. And um, you've got to keep, keep your, um, keep, keep learning, keep, keep up with everything that's coming in. I mean, you got to know the basics. There's no denying the path um, or the, the core that you need. But um, if you keep your eyes open, if you keep uh, um, an open mind, you know, there's, the, the sky's the limit on what you can do. That's amazing. And also tell me a little more about your grad degree that you went and got. Sort of what made you decide that you wanted to go to graduate school and what motivated you? And do you feel like it really helped you in executing on those motivations? Well, uh, going into grad school was an interesting thing for me. So like I mentioned before, you know, it's um, doors are never closed, right? Um, so things happen to you and then you figure out, okay, how am I going to react to whatever's happening to me? Um, when I was working for the city of LA, um, 
my my father passed away at a very young age. So he passed away about 57. I was very, I was thrown for a loop for that one. So I was very close to him. And uh, I, I, we bought the house together uh, here in California. And I was figured, I can't stay in this house. Everything in this house reminds me of him. Um, but I don't know what I'm going to do. And I've been working already for about four years uh, with the city. Um, and I said, well, let me see what else is out there. I've always wanted to go to higher education after undergrad. But again, financially, can I afford it? And what's out there? And I happened upon a, um, in, in my research online, I actually happened upon a, um, a uh, scholarship program. Um, wow. And I wound up applying, um, writing my, getting my transcripts, getting everything over, getting recommendation letters and everything else. And I got the scholarship. Um, and that kind of turned my life around because I was still pretty depressed about my dad. But then I had something to look forward to. <laughs> and I had to uh, quit my job. <laughs> you know, I was looking for graduate work. Um, but I, I, I uh, quit my job um, because I was also um, working just as a contractor at that point, because I graduated and they were in a hiring freeze for the city. So I went over to um, Boston, you know, packed up my car, drove cross country and started grad school. <laughs> um, and, you know, I knew that I wanted to have a higher education because I knew that, you know, with what I do, I had the, a really good base knowledge, but there were so many other things out there that I can explore. Like I said, when you're in the civil field, there's so many things to explore. And graduate school may, allows you, you know, when you're an undergrad, you get all those core courses that you have to take, right? And then you get to, um, you know, stretch out a little bit in your senior and junior year with some of those more technical classes. But in a graduate degree, you start off with those technical classes that you want to um, And you get to dive right in and do whatever research you want to do or, um, you know, um, expand some of your knowledge in depth and that's what i did when i went to grad school it was two years and part of that um specialty scholarship also had me working uh for about eight months in my field after a year of additional training of schooling basically and so they got me the job and it was in florida i worked for the southwest florida water management district at that time doing regulation i was a regulator uh, for water quality and um, Florida unlike California has a different issue you know too much water <laughs> versus too little water um, and so you have to make sure that when you have too much water you know that it's it's purified it's clean then it's not kept you know it's um, it's safe for um, percolating into the groundwater or for um, making sure nobody dumps into it and stuff like that so that was an eye-opener for me mostly on the environmental and the regulation side of drinking water and um, surface water flow. So, you, like I said, you're never ever <laughs> um, stagnant in this field. And I, I, I had that opportunity with the graduate work to um, do some more research, uh, finished out my degree in 2000. And when I was done, I said, okay, it's been two years. I've been on my own for two years, actually. So I didn't know anybody in Boston. My nearest family was in New York. And I would actually drive four hours to New York when I was homesick. <laughs> totally. <laughs> to the family. 
Um, but then I can't decide, okay, I'm going to come back to California because my mom was still here and my, um, my siblings. So I came back to California after grad school. Um, and that led me to say, okay, you know, I've worked uh, as a regulator, quasi-state. I've worked uh, for Water and Power as a city employee. I said, let me try the private sector um, and see what it is to work, you know, in the private sector. Um, and I started working as an engineer. Uh, for uh, the private sector for a uh, big engineering firm in um, Cal um, in Los Angeles. And um, I worked there for several months before um, my sister was working for the county at the time, and she asked me to come to the county. Um, she thought, well, you know, you've got your degree here. You like working on big infrastructure. She knows I like doing things that are going to be benefit to everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, so to come to the county and I put in an application and then they um, chose me to come um, to offer extended offer uh, so I chose to come to the county and that was started my career with the county in 2001. Wow and you've been with the county pretty much ever since right? Pretty much ever since yes in, in a, a number of different um, um, positions uh, doing a lot of different work for the county. Um, the county um, you know Civil engineering work for, uh, for a county engineer, um, you know, you get to um, impact and benefit. Um, impact's probably not the right word, but you get to provide benefit for a number of different people. I mean, um, the things we get to work on um, help communities um, make, make it better for them to, you know, get to work or to actually have um, access to um, uh, infrastructure that's life-saving, like, you know, water quality infrastructure that'll bring in more water conservation of, um, you know, of uh, the rainfall or, you know, help them have uh, um, access like, um, you know, bikeways and stuff like that. We do a lot of different things and traffic control as well as, you know, um, facilities like bridges, dams, buildings, you know, we do it all. Um, and that was the one good thing about, you know, um, coming to uh, um, the county and working for the county is that I've been able to do and work on those type of projects. Um, and I can see, you get that, not, you, it's kind of like instant gratification. I can see that what I'm doing is making a difference. And I like that feeling. I mean, I like that feeling a lot. That's why <laughs> I don't, I, I, I've stayed with the county for so long is because it's fulfilling that for me. And that's one of the things I like to do. Um, you know, in the private sector, you can do that as well. It's not that you have to be in, um, you know, working for a government agency, but, you know, whenever you become whatever your career is, sure that your career provides that type of fulfillment for yourself. I know a lot of people that, you know, are in jobs that, you know, they don't like. And I've always said that if I have a job there's two parts to that job. <clears throat> Only way you can take a job is they want you, you want them too. Um, because if it's one-sided, it's not fulfilling. And you're not going to be happy. I know you can do it for a short period of time, but in order for you to be happy, you'll do a much better job if you're happy. <laughs> and so, you know, you got to think about that for the future. What do you like to do? And if it's not fulfilling you, then you need to move on. Like I mentioned, when I first came back to California, I worked in the private sector. And I thought, 
oh, they're making, I'm making a lot of money just coming out of grad school. This is great, the whole bit. But it wasn't a fulfilling job for me. I was actually not happy in the private sector. I was doing fine, completely fine. But I didn't like what I was doing. And that's why when she, my, my sister approached me, I said, let me see what else is out there. Because she could see Definitely. too. <laughs> very, uh, very forward looking of her. I, I think that makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's that's really incredible getting that insight into a little bit more about your career and your motivations. And I think you're so right that happiness and feeling fulfilled is an important part of any job that you can have. So oh, yeah. I definitely agree with that. Um, great. So I know you already touched base on this a little bit, but um, I know there are a bunch of different disciplines within engineering. So how did you decide that you wanted to specifically focus on civil engineering? Well, like I said, math, uh, you need to have uh, the, you need to like, you know, math. <laughs> you might not be the best at it, but you need to like it because you got to get through it. A lot of things, even now, you know, we always make the joke that, you know, trigonometry and calculus and all that stuff. How do you use that still? You, know, you do, depending upon what you do, right? So if you're a design engineer, you're going to use it a lot more than if you were just a, um, um, an engineer that's doing just uh, a field work, potentially, mm -hmm. right? You trust that the design engineers know what they were doing, and then you're going to build it. <laughs> but you do need to, you know, make sure that you you um, have that core base of science and math. But then, you know, you go with what you feel that you like to do. And you have to be exposed to it, but you also know that, like, so if it was me, my dad used to get so pissed off at me because I used to take things apart to see if I could put it back together. <laughs> and sometimes I could, sometimes I couldn't. <laughs> and he'd be like, okay. But he would help, he was, he was a very smart man. He, he was very handy. My dad was a, a maintenance worker for New York Housing, um, but he, could, he was the jack of all trades. That's exactly what he was. He could do plumbing, he could do mechanical, he can do um, you know, uh, civil stuff. That was what he liked to do. And so he would, uh, even if I took it apart and I couldn't put it back together, he could. <laughs> but that, uh, you know, having that and being able to do that as a young age, I knew that I liked to build things. That's what I liked. I liked to build things and I liked to understand all of the pieces of what it was to do that, um, to put that together. Or why did you have to make that? What we were trying to do, right? Um, and so... Because of that, and when I was in, um, I know I went through three different high schools. Uh, FYI, don't make a little kid go through three different high schools. It's never fun. <laughs> yeah. I went through three different high schools. So um, I had to um, move from friend group to friend group to friend group. So I was not very comfortable too much sometimes talking a lot, whereas I'm a completely different person now. But back then, I wasn't. So I was channeling more of my energies into figuring out how do you build things, how do you do things, right? And um, talking to career counselors at high school, you know, trying to figure out, okay, um, I knew I wanted to go to college. And like I said, in my mind, I was thinking, okay, I'm going to be an astronaut because I'm going to build something to go there. But, you know, you talk to them and they have all of these ideas of the different stuff that's out there. I don't say always listen um, to only what they tell you. You have to do your own, you know, thinking for yourself too. Um, because sometimes people will push you in a direction that they think you should go into. But if it's not something you feel, it's not going to work. It might work for a little while, 
but it has to, like I said, when you have a job, it has to be something you feel that you want to do and that they want you to. <laughs> so for me, like I said, it was more of a, um, it felt right to me to go into a science-based field and engineering because of the building of things. And, you know, and being from New York, I mean, I could see the, the destruction that happens all the time, right? It just seemed natural. Definitely. I think that is really interesting that <laughs> it almost came so naturally to you. So, And I know some people, you know, the, the, a lot of, uh, and I have younger, obviously, nieces and nephews and stuff like that, and I talk to them a bit, and sometimes they don't know what to do. Um, but my stand always has been try something, because if you're stagnant, you're not doing anything. But you try something and see if it's what you like. If not, then, you know, about face and <laughs> go another direction or veer off one or the other. I mean, I didn't do an about face, but I did a veer off. I started off in aerospace. I veered off to civil. That's all it was. <laughs> right. And careers are long, right? And so you don't have to stick with one thing for too long if it's not something that you're really passionate about. And I was going to say, that's exactly it. You never know. I mean, for me, I've always heard that, you know, a person has three careers in their lifetime. I'm actually technically on my first career. I'm still doing civil engineering since I graduated. Uh, I keep telling yeah. my, uh, telling a former boss, I said, you know, um, I've been here 20 years. Maybe I should try something else. No, I really like what I do. It, it's the, that's the thing. You don't have to be married to your career your entire life. If it's something you've grown out of, then there's no harm in reinventing yourself. And as a new person coming into the field of the workforce, you, you shouldn't worry too much about, okay, I got to make it, you know, it has to be, this is my life career, this is my life goal, because you're going to be evolving. Like me, I've evolved. I am not the same person I was as that stubborn little teenager <laughs> that came from New York with a chip on her shoulder and used to fight all the time. I've evolved. And as a person, I've evolved, right? Because if I still had that little chip on my shoulder where I wasn't going to listen to anybody and I was going to do what I was going to do and I was going to fight, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. <laughs> so, I mean, that's the one thing that people, or not people, but, you know, next generation has to realize is that, you know, you will evolve. Even if you think you won't, you will, because you are made up of what happens to you. And everybody's experience is different. That's so true. And, and great advice, I think. You know, you're never stuck doing something if you feel stuck. Yeah. So obviously we're in quarantine, so things are a little different. But actually, I think you do go into the office, so I'll ask this question. Um, take me through a day in your life now. What does that look like? Uh, I went to the office. I start early. My shift starts at 6.30 in the morning. You do get used to it. Um, and I've been obviously with the county for 20 years and prior to that with the city of LA and stuff. And I've always been a morning person. So um, in the city, my day started at, I think it started at 6.30 or 7 o'clock. Um, but here nowadays, my day starts at 6.30. Um, <clears throat> I go in um, and um, you know, we are constantly on the phone or um, attached to our email to make sure that uh, we we have uh, 24 hour uh, you know access to whatever's going on. I will go through my emails and determine you know what I need to know and what I need to fill my bosses in on if it's something rather important. 
Um, I will also touch bases with my supervisors, um, you know, do a one-on-one um, um, -on -one, um, and talk about um, any issues that they might have, uh, any equipment that they might need. I'm making sure that my staff are doing what they're supposed to do. The supervisors are supervising their staff. The coordinators are coordinating um, getting equipment, whether it be rental equipment or uh, facilitating obtaining equipment. And I need to make sure that our training coordinator, our safety coordinator, is um, able to do his job and get our staff completely trained to do their job safely. Um, we work um, in an environment that is highly um, not volatile is not the right word, but it is a uh, safety, uh, um, a highly dangerous job. <laughs> So I have to think about, okay, are all of my staff, and like I said, I'm at a higher level, so I'm thinking about um, succession planning. Do I have all the positions I need in order for my team to continue to do their work in the future? Do I know if there's um, um, people that are going to be potentially retiring five years, 10 years? Who are the next ones come up? Are they being properly trained? Do I need to look into um, some of the newer, innovative stuff that's out there and say, hey, that's the perfect thing for us to start to use? And how do I start to get that? Right? And um, tell my, um, my uh, unit heads, they, what do you think about this? Right? And then I'll do a lot of strategic planning and start talking to some of my um, other counterparts. I'm not in the field all the time. I do get to go out and um, see what my staff are working on. But I'm more on the back end right now, making sure that they have all their supplies. But, you know, that's my job right now. As a brand new engineer, you don't to this level right off the bat, right? It's not, a, a, you know, a gimme. You have to show that you can handle things and you get things little by little and you work with your friends, department or do a job that you're working with. Your coworkers and you are going to work together. So as a young engineer, I was actually working in the field. That would be my normal day. I'd come in. Uh, I'd be in, in charge of this one project, or maybe the contractor did something wrong, and I have to tell him, no, you have to redo it. You know, all those little things, it's constantly different. You're not, um, uh, you know, they always say we're paper pushers or we're number crunchers and stuff like that, but it's constantly changing every day. So even if you're a paper pusher or a member cruncher, you'd be filling out different paperwork every day. And there's things that pop up that you didn't think about. So say, you know, if you asked me last year, a year, a little over a year ago, if we were going to be doing what I'm doing right now, I would have never thought that was going to happen. Right. No, totally. Um, what is the hardest thing about your career? <laughs> so the hardest thing about my career has been trying to focus on just the one thing, because I am a multitasker to the nth degree. And sometimes when you do that, um, I hate when things fall through the cracks. I can't help myself. It is something I don't like. I don't like being late for things, and I don't like when things fall through the cracks. It's a pet peeve. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, the hardest thing is to try and to limit myself and focus on what I should be doing, right? Um, you know, when I first started becoming a manager, I was so used to doing, 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 doing that I wouldn't give my staff the job to do because I'd do it and then just say, okay, here, here's the, here, finish it up. I've already finished it, but finish it up. And I had to learn how to delegate. Yeah. And, uh, let them do it and train them, let them learn how to do it. So I knew how to do it, but I had to learn how to train someone else to do it and to sit back and not interject 
let them find their own way. Um, but to be there and to be supportive. And if they're going on the wrong path, to just slightly correct them. That's all it was. Um, so that was the hardest thing for me as you get higher up. Now, as a new engineer, um, like I said, the hardest thing for me, just because of my personality, was to focus and do one thing at a time because I would run out of work to do and I would get really bored. And a bored Michelle is never a good thing. <laughs> uh, so I had to learn how to channel myself and say, okay, I can do this. And then once I'm done with mine, I still have a, a additional capacity to do other things. Let me help my coworkers. And what I would say to a new engineer or anybody in, in whatever field you're in, it doesn't even have to be an engineer, whatever field you're in, you have to make your own mind up. I think that's sage advice for any future engineers or honestly for any future anyone. Um, I think that's very applicable. Okay, so on the flip side, what is the most rewarding thing about your career? Um, it's the people I get to make, the things I get to do. I mean, um, a lot of the infrastructure that I had the opportunity to work on in my entire career uh, in Florida, here in California, um, and in Boston, um, because when I was in Boston, I did a lot of grad work out there uh, when I was in graduate school. But uh, all of that infrastructure and all of those people that I met, you know, some of them are very passionate about what they do. And, you know, a number of them are lifelong friends. You know, it's really the most rewarding thing is, is finding like-minded people and doing, making a difference. You know, I love that I can um, impact people. What I do makes a difference, right? And it doesn't mean that if you're in a job that you don't get to impact so many different people that you don't mean anything. No, it doesn't mean that at all. But I think every person has that ability to make a difference, whether it be big or small, you know, and that's what I like about my job. Uh, I, I, I like the fact that I can make a difference, whether it be for an entire community or just one person. That's amazing. And, and I think that's just, it's so true. And, and it's wonderful that you're able to have experiences like that in your career. I won't lie. There are some yeah. days that are hard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, of course, uh, as with anything. And, and that makes a lot of sense, right? It's not all going to be easy and fulfilling all the time. Um, but as long as overall, the majority of your time is spent doing something that makes you happy or motivated or just fulfills you in one way or another, I think that's what's most important. No, and like I said, there are days that you dread, I, could, I mean, even now, that I dread going to a certain meeting or I might dread yeah. having to handle a certain problem. And it's just human nature, you know. Um, you know, I will think it to death. I might not sleep for a little bit because I'm thinking it to death going, I, yeah. I need to do this. This is going to be a problem, uh, but sometimes you 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 will worry yourself to death for a meeting that's coming up, and it was never as hard as you thought it was going to be. Sometimes it's worse, but those are really rare um, if you're prepared. Or if you even if I mean even now I mean sometimes life is not fair all the time. It's not. I mean you might get thrown into something that wasn't your fault, right? but you're going to handle it. Mm -hmm. um, or um, you might get called out for something you didn't even do, um, but you need to handle it. Um, and so, like I said, it's never always, <laughs> you know, 
happy. <laughs> but yeah. it, um, it, you take the good with the bad, and the overall picture for me has been rewarding. Amazing. Really glad to hear that. Mm-hmm. So, are there any specific skills or abilities that you have that you think made you an especially good fit for your current career as an engineer? <laughs> I like to just use common sense a lot of times. I'll think, look at some and say, okay, but here's what you should do with this. This is just common sense. Here's what you should do. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I know when the, the, the light is red, I shouldn't go. That's common sense. <laughs> Stuff like that. <laughs> so, I mean, I think it's just a more of a matter of being very aware of your, your surroundings and saying, okay, what's right? What's wrong? I mean, and that's never always um, black and white. I agree with that. Um, but it's just more of a looking at things and using common sense. It's nothing too hard. <laughs> oh, no, it, it's simple, but at the same time, that can always be a challenge, right? <laughs> so I definitely especially when your emotions get in the way. <laughs> exactly. Yes, that is so true. Um, but yeah, I think that's amazing. Okay, so do you feel like you have a good work-life balance in your current role? You know, with my job, it's uh, um, it's very um, fulfilling, but it's also um, a big responsibility. And my teams work quite a bit. So I'm always ready to answer a phone call, whether it be in the evening time or at um, the week, um, just because they're working at those times too. Um, you know, and um, as a um, county engineer, we have a responsibility to be there um, and to handle um, emergencies um, as needed. So, I mean, I'm always willing to answer the phone. I'm always willing to see what I can do, if I can do anything as my, in my capacity or with my crews, um, you know, for county crews. Um, but um, for work, um, that's work. And then for fun, I just can't seem to, um, <laughs> I have a lot of things that I like to do for fun. <laughs> so I do a, a, a competitive sport uh, for fun. Um, I also um, do volunteer work uh, for disaster communications uh, with another county in, uh, entity. And then I also do a whole bunch of other like outdoor stuff. I like hiking. I like, you know, um, working out in the garden. I have a massive garden. I now have chickens because of the pandemic. I'm one of the ones that got the backyard chickens. Um, and, you know, um, I do uh, um, little homestead stuff that I like to play with. I, I, I make wine. I make cheese. You know, just little things. I'm always learning and just having fun. You know, I think you need to have that balance work. Um, you know, it's something that you um, you do for work and it's fulfilling, but there's also other things that you do on the on the other side. Um, I don't have kids. I have a cat who doesn't know she's not human. <laughs> but between her and all the other things I do, it's it's just you know I I just keep my plate pretty full because like I said, I can't sit still. Definitely. That's amazing. And I want to talk a little bit more about this competitive sport that you're a part of because it's pretty amazing. So tell us more about fencing. Okay. Uh, so I fence for the U.S. Um, I knew about fencing growing up in New York. Um, it's pretty big on the East Coast. Um, my junior high school and my high school had a team, but my parents wouldn't let me play. They said, you know, you'll be the one in a million that gets hurt no way you can't do this. So they wouldn't let me uh, do that sport. Um, and so uh, when I got into, it wasn't very big here on the West Coast, but when I got to USC, um, they had a team. 
And I thought, great, uh, their practices were the same time as my classes. So I couldn't join their team. I couldn't go watch them play. Uh, but my senior year, <laughs> it lined up. And uh, um, they, um, their practices were at times that I didn't have class. So I walked over to the, the gym and uh, um, peeked inside. Not very many women, a lot of guys. Um, and so um, they needed women in order to keep their team. They had to have a women's team and a male team, a male team. And so um, when I walked in, I uh, kind of got surrounded and asked if I would stay. <laughs> and uh, they, they let me, um, um, you know, there's three weapons for fencing, uh, foil, epee, and saber. And at the time, um, women could only compete in foil. Uh, so I started uh, with foil. Um, but then half a year into me uh, um, doing that, uh, and I walked onto the team because <laughs> they awesome. just needed these. <laughs> and I, uh, I never felt so complete as when they put a fencing weapon in my hand. So I walked onto the team and I started to play. And then they gave me an epe because my personality coach used to always say, you're not afraid to attack. I'm like, nope, not afraid to attack. Not afraid to get hit, not afraid to attack. So when they opened up for Epe um, is when I uh, completely found what I love to do. And so I started training for Epe and fencing with Epe. Um, I've competed in uh, World Cups uh, for the U.S. as Division One. I. I was ranked nationally and when I was younger. Um, I fenced in Cuba, in Havana with an athletic visa. I fenced in Puerto Rico, uh, in Canada. Um, I have also um, injured my knee <laughs> because of fencing. I've actually had three knee surgeries now. And as I've gotten older, when you get over 40, um, you can change and become a veteran fencer. Um, and they age categorize you and weapon categorize you. You compete for the U.S. in those weapons with those age groups. Uh, so I still am Division One. However, I have a I, I can outthink the other fencers. I can't outmaneuver them anymore as I've gotten older. Uh, I can make it a lot. I can frustrate them <laughs> until they figure out that they can wear me out, and then they come after me. <laughs> but I still compete at the veteran level, and for my age and my weapon right now, I am ranked second in the U.S. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. I think you need to have that balance. For me, um, having the ability to um, um, have a good group of friends that I go and have fun with and we wear each other out, beat the crap out of each other, it's, it's a lot of fun. You know, if you've had a bad day at the office, I know if I call up my coach and say, I need to meet you at the club, we go over there and I can wail on him. And he, I can't hurt him. He's so much better than me. He will just wear me out, and then I'm, I'm, I'm usually, I forget about all I'm worried about at work, and I'm, I'm good. <laughs> when you get to uh, 50, uh, 50 and older, uh, you actually get to do World Cups again. Um, I wow. fenced as a veteran 40-year-old in the Pan Am Veteran Games in Peru and uh, Ponce, um, stuff like that. And, um, but um, to go back and compete at a World Cup game again at a veteran level is a, is a goal of mine. So I've got a few more years, got to keep the knee happy <laughs> and then uh, start to go at it again. <laughs> oh my gosh. Amazing. That is so cool. That's so amazing that you've been able to find the sport that takes you around the world and 
that you get to go around the world again in the next few years. That's incredible. These events that we do actually, for me, I just take the time off and I go, I go um, uh, vacation after I compete. Yeah. Like when I did Peru, uh, the competition, the veteran Pan Am games was in Lima, Peru. Um, and I thought, what else is in Peru? Well, Machu Picchu is in Peru. So um, we did the competition. And coach made me promise not to hike it until after the competition. So after the competition, I took the train over to Machu Picchu and hiked Machu Picchu. <laughs> Amazing. How cool. Um, well, I'm excited to see where you end up going next and hopefully some more adventures around the world. <laughs> so moving back a little bit into more career-related questions, um, where do you see yourself in 10 years career-wise? Uh, career-wise for me, um, I see myself with the um, county. I've been with the county for 20 years now, and I want to finish my career with the county. Uh, I find the work very fulfilling. I, um, I have the opportunity to do a lot of um, great things. They've got a lot of projects that appeals to me. And uh, I've had that opportunity to, um, you know, be able to go to different, just different divisions uh, in the department. And um, because of having those options, it just makes it, you know, um, it, it appeals to the side of me that wants to learn, you know. When I get bored, or if I get bored, you know, you, you tend to get a little, and you're like, oh, I'm doing this. This is so boring. This is the same thing over and over. I don't get that here. And so um, I think, you know, uh, it's been a, a great year for me uh, as an engineer. And um, having the opportunity to try different things and to see what the, the future holds for this whole county is, is amazing. And um, I see myself staying here. Uh, I love watching the new generation come and trying to mentor um, them and, and show them the ropes and, 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 and actually see how they blossom in their career. And that's been, a, um, that's been a highlight for me. I think that's amazing. That's so fantastic that you're really content with where you're at and you're still finding opportunities to learn and grow and mentor the next generation of, of engineers. So that's amazing. So next question do you feel fairly compensated for the work that you do? I believe I am fairly compensated for the work that I do. Actually, um, as an engineer, when you're first coming out of school, you know, um, you've got so much debt because of all the schooling that you've been through. And in my case, you know, it was the two, uh, the two degrees. Uh, but, you know, you have such a career path. You have the ability to... Um, um, make the money to, to, to pay off what you've learned, right? And then be compensated and continue on with your career. Even if you choose to go in the private sector, when I first came, like I said, when I first came out of grad school, I went to the private sector. The money there was very good. Um, and, you know, and coming into the public sector, you know, it's not as highly compensated as the private sector. However, you have other benefits. Um, you do work on unique and different projects that you don't really get in the private sector was a draw for me. Um, and some of us, it's not all about the money. I mean, I took a pay cut to come to the county and everybody's in a different place. You know, when I was undergrad and working for the city, um, I was working full time because I needed to help support my family at the time, right? So um, I had to make decisions on what can I do? What should I do? What 
what opportunities are out there. Um, but, you know, I mean, you have to make that decision for yourself. If you're just going to chase the money, I don't find that too fun to me. Um, I more would rather chase the work and what I get to do. You know, like I said, there's two things that you need a job, which is they want you and you want them. I think that's really, uh, that's a great way of looking at it. Um, you know, obviously compensation and money itself is not the only factor, like you mentioned, but it is important. And so it's good to hear that you feel well compensated for the work that you do, you know, as obviously just one factor in the many factors that make up why you've chosen your career. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So if you could give one piece of advice to someone who is considering becoming an engineer right now, what would that advice be? I would say think big. There's always going to be problems to fix. There's always going to be a new thing that has to happen. Here and now, but in the future, are we going to have flying cars? How are we going to do traffic control for that? <laughs> right? Um, in the future, you know, what's, what's going to be, um, how are we going to grow food? Right? So uh, think big, you know, don't, don't just be limited. Like, here's what we're doing now, keep doing this for the rest of our lives. No, we're not. We're going to be big. And, you know, I told you, engineers, you know, look at the problem or look at what's happening and fix it. Even if it's not broken, fix it. <laughs> I'm not defined by what I've done only in the past. I'm defined by what I do in the future. And I do it all. I might hurt myself doing it all, but I can do it all. <laughs> I love that. I am such a strong proponent of doing it all and knowing that you can do it all. Maybe not all at once, but you can do it all. So, so final question, is there a quote or saying that inspires you? Be kind, live. You want to make sure you've lived. You have to try. You have to, you know, be kind, live your life and have no regrets. <laughs> That's beautiful. Simple and uh, amazing advice and words to live by. So fantastic. Well, this has been such an incredible interview. Thank you so much for taking the time um, to talk all about your career. Yeah.